Well, let's look at the Word of God today. He's a good God, and He's got good things to say to us. And, uh, you know, uh, Brother Moore and Mrs. Moore did fly to, to Missouri, and so they're there this morning and preaching there to those people. And so you guys got Rob and Dan Friday night, and you get me and Dan and everybody today. And, you know, God knows exactly where everybody's going to be, and He knows exactly where you were going to be today. And, uh, you know, I had a coach that told me one time, he said, the only person I couldn't coach was the one that already knew everything. The only person you can't teach is the one that already knows more than you. Amen? And guess what? I ain't going to teach this morning. God's going to. If he doesn't, it won't be any good. Right? And so we're going to believe God together this morning and uh, hear from the Word because he's got something good to say to us. Join join faith with me real quick. Father, we do pray over your word today, Lord, that it be the word of God, that it not be the word of any man, but that it go forth in power and strength, that it, that it help the hearer, Lord, and help us to be receptive hearers with an open heart, that we might hear your word and do it, receive it in the love that it was given and give it back out in that same love, Lord. We give you glory in advance for everything that your word will do in our lives today because it will change us and we will never be the same again from this day forward because your word is truth and it's life and it's love. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles to Hebrews 11 and we will uh, see where God takes us. He's been very faithful to me. Years ago when I was teaching Bible studies, I said, God, I, I don't really talk that much about, you know, everything. I talk a lot, but he said, he said, I'll tell you what, if you'll open your mouth, I'll, I'll fill it with something to say. And so he has always been faithful to that. And so I believe, God, that we're going to hear something good from his word today because he is so kind and so gracious. Look at Hebrews 11 and verse 33. And, of course, we know this is the great faith chapter, but this is getting towards the end, and he talks about the people through, through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, and obtained promises. And I'll stop right there because that's what we're going to talk about today is obtaining. You know, so many times, you know, you get people and they say, oh, I've been believing and believing, and, you know, I guess that's just not God's will. Well, you now didn't obtain. And God's will for us is always to obtain those things that He has He's given to us. This is His promises. They didn't, they didn't obtain a promise they made to their self. They had a promise from the Lord. And, and getting that is God's will. It's not just your will. It is God's will that we have the things that He's promised to us. Because His promises aren't about to come to pass. They've already come to pass. So we're merely trying to get something that we've already been promised. And it's, it's not like, we got, well, God, will you go get this? I'm ready for it now. No, He's already got it, right? How many know that we're not waiting on God, right? People say, oh, I'm waiting on the Lord. Wait, no, you're not waiting on God. Not in that way you're not. You should be waiting on the Lord, but you're not waiting on the Lord. <laughs> there you go. There's your mind twister for the morning. Amen? Because through faith, we obtain promises. So if people say, well, I'm, I've been in faith and, and I haven't obtained, that is not faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
right? We've, we've read it, in, and faith is the evidence of things not yet seen, right? And faith is something that we all have, but we want to have it in the right way. Faith, faith has things that help it. Do you know that? Anybody know that? How, how did Abraham obtain? He, by faith and patience, he obtained the promise. By faith and patience, right? How many know if you quit, you don't get? Right? Say it with me. If I quit, I don't get. So I ain't going to quit. See, now you're all talking like me. <laughs> we, we're, we want to believe God to have His best. Faith works best by what? By love. Love we, we know the qualities of love. I know Mrs. Moore teaches on love, and I know every time you guys see me, you know I'm going to teach on love. Because everything that God is comes through this love. And if you have faith and you're trying to work it without love, you're not going to, you're not going to see your promise. You're not going to obtain it. <laughs> Don't get scared. It's a good thing. Right? So what you want to do is when, you, when you're looking at your faith... You want to begin to see the qualities of love in that faith. Amen? Not just love, just to, oh, I just love them, I just love them. God, is my faith working now? I just love them and love them. No. The qualities of love will come out of you and, and your faith will begin to work because the qualities of love aren't even thinking about your faith. <laughs> okay, let's look at, uh, look, at, uh, for, look at 1 Corinthians 13. There you go. We'll just look at the qualities of love. Amen? Where does it say that? It says in Galatians 5, 6 that faith works by love. Is that right? Galatians 5, 6, faith works by love. So in, in 1 Corinthians 13, faith works by patience and kindness. Right? 1 Corinthians 13. Faith works by kindness and patience. We know that it takes patience for faith to work. Patience is what? Well, the, if, you, if, you look at the, if you look at what patience actually means, it means cheerful, hopeful endurance. And see, people don't like that word endurance because they think, I'm going to have to do something. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You know what you're going to have to do? Stand. That's your part. You're going to have to stand in the faith in His Word, in the love. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to be kind while you're standing. How many know you don't stand and be unkind? You're not in faith. Why? Because faith works by love. And if you begin to be unkind at any time, you're no longer in faith. <laughs> yeah, it's just true. You know, this is why... Because our faith should be about more than what can I get. Right? Your faith should not be grounded in me, me, and I. Right? If you spend all your time believing for you, then that's self-seeking. Right? Let's go back up to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and see if that's in there anywhere. Love is patient. Love is kind. Um, is verse 4 where we're at here? Yeah, let's go to four. There we go. Love is patient. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. Go on. Oh, 
It's not rude and it's not self-seeking. So if it's not self-seeking, but all your faith is for you, I need this. i got to believe God for this. If I could just have enough word in me, I could have this. you got people that spend hours and hours putting the word in and never doing the word. Right? Because doing the word is love. Right? Doing the word, you, you can't do it just obediently. Doing the word takes obedience and it takes a willingness. It takes a heart. To endure and, and, and obtain is going to take heart. You're not going to just do it with obedience. Right? What's it say in Isaiah? It says, if you're willing and obedient. There's two things that go together there. Willing hearts are enduring hearts. Willing hearts are enduring hearts. <laughs> okay. A few, few years ago, I started jogging. Now, I haven't been jogging for a few, about a year now, actually. I, actually, I jog here sometimes when I'm here or ride the bike because they take my vehicle. <laughs> but here, you know what? I find it a lot. I can be a lot more willing to jog here because it's really flat. <laughs> and, and you know what? I can endure long, you know? And I can finish what I started when I'm here. Endurance is the finisher to your faith. Amen. Amen? Endurance is what finishes your faith. You, you start out with faith, but your faith will take patience. It will take endurance. It will take the qualities of love to complete if you want the promise. Right? And what happens so many times is we get so caught up in trying to get what we're believing for that we forget that God's saying... Have patience. What's patience? It's cheerful, hopeful endurance. Right? Abraham had cheerful, hopeful endurance. It says that he had faith and patience. Right? How many years did it take for him to receive the promise? A lot of years. But he endured. And the mercy of God didn't fail. Why? Because the mercy of God endures forever. If you look at the qualities of God, they are the qualities of love, and they endure forever. It says His name endures forever. It says His Word endures forever. And it's not just saying it lasts. It means it stands no matter what happens against it. Right? Enduring isn't just that you outlasted somebody. It's that you stood and you didn't quit. And you had an endurance in you before you started. Right? When I jog in Branson, I jog in the neighborhood, and going is really good. Man, I've got a good willingness to go. But on my way back, there's this hill. <laughs> and about the time I get to it, my heart starts saying, you should just walk that hill today. My endurance is starting to fade, right? Endurance isn't just your ability to overcome it. It's your willingness to have that ability. Many people quit before they ever endure because they didn't have endurance to start with. Amen? This isn't deep because I can understand it. I can tell you right now, if Dave's got it, we can all get it. 
The Lord's teaching us through love how to receive His promises because without this love, without these qualities of love in us, we will not receive them. If everything we do is a self-seeking, motivated thing, then you will not receive the promises of God because nothing He does is self-seeking. He wants you to have everything by doing everything. Not by works, by love. Right? When we begin to quit seeking for ourselves... You know, it's great to go to the conferences. It's great to get the Word. But why do you get it? Why do you need it? What what do you need that Word in your heart for? For you? So you can look in the mirror every day and pump yourself up? Huh? No, we need that Word in our heart so that every place we go, we have a Word for someone else. We have that love for others. And that our faith is always working for us. Our faith is in God. He says... I'll take care of you. You don't worry about it. Right? So if I find myself saying, I'm in faith for this, God meets all my needs according to His church, yes, it's true, He does. But if that's all I'm thinking about is how God meets all my needs according to His riches and glory, then I'm spending all my time thinking about what God's going to do for me. Right? And that's not what I want to do. I spent too many years chasing around what God was going to do for me. (laughs) And guess what? Nothing got done, by the way. When I started chasing what God could do for others, then all my needs began to be met. Everything that I had that that I was in faith for began to happen when I began to reach out to others and began to use my faith for other people's lives. When somebody comes up to us and says, can you hook your faith with me? Then you, the, the love of God should go out of you. It shouldn't just be a mechanical thing. It shouldn't just be something. We can't continue to be mechanical Christians and say, Oh, yes, amen, I can hook my faith with you, thou brother. <laughs> no, you take them seriously and you listen to their heart and you see where they're at and you grab a hold of their hand and, and you pray the prayer that can help them most. Don't pray the prayer that you practiced. Pray the prayer that can help them most. Sometimes that prayer will be, Lord, have mercy on them. say, well, why are they that bad off? No, they don't have an understanding. Right? God's having mercy on every one of us right now, every day, because we don't have all the understanding. Amen? And sometimes that prayer is going to be just that. It's not going to... You You could pray 65 scriptures that mean nothing and then at the end say, but Lord, I love this brother and I pray that you'll have mercy in his life and that you'll work out good things for him because we know it's your will. Amen? Amen. And then all those scriptures you prayed, they won't remember any of those, but they'll remember when you said, but I love this brother and I desire for him to succeed above all things. What are the verses that mean the most to you? They're the ones where God says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper. That's what people are going to remember you saying to them. When you say, Brother, my heart is with you. I wish above all things that you would have prosperity, that you would be well. I'm not wishing that my prayer gets answered. I wish that you would be well. And my prayer will get answered. Don't get me wrong. 
but if all you're wanting to say, well, I hope my prayer gets answered because I don't want to look bad. You know, if I pray for somebody's healing and they don't get healed, people say, oh, Dave, man, don't go to him for prayer because he, he pray for you. You don't want, you might not get healed. And I'm saying, boy, I don't want him thinking that about me. So I got to pray a really good prayer. I better go back and practice some too. We pray the love of God and then we endure for others. Why do you endure? You endure for others. You won't endure unless you have love. You've got to have something more driving you than just obedience or mechanics. Amen? I, had to, I was in the floor covering business for years and had the first guy I ever had work for me. The guy... He, he he is an amazing man. He he didn't he was an installer, but he had grown up and saved, done well with his money, and and uh, he was 52 years old when he started working for me. And I mean he'd been working all his life, but uh, that's for an installer, a carpet installer, that's fairly old. But needless to say, I had run the business into the ground within three months of the time I, I started it. This man. Did, did awesome work. People came and bought stuff from us because we had this man doing our work. But when he got done with the job, he would say, do you have the money to pay me this week? Because if you don't, let me just carry you. Glory to God. So not only did he have a heart for what he was doing, and he was great at what he did because he had the heart, but he had a heart for the people he worked for, and that made him greater. Amen? And he had a guy come work for him who had all the skills in the world. This guy, was he was very skilled and could do all the stuff. He taught him everything he could do. And he was the worst person I ever had to work with. And I went to my, to my installer one day and I said, I said, man, what can we do about this? And he said, I can give him the tools, but I can't give him the heart. Amen? Mechanical and obedience is the tools. And a good soldier, what's it say? It says, a good soldier endures hardness. Why? Because a good soldier has heart. A good soldier's not just obeying orders. He's obeying orders because he believes in the, in the cause and he believes in who he's fighting for. Right? Right? You want to know why we've won, the, why we're still free in America today? Right? Most of, our, most of our men that have fought in the greatest wars were volunteers. Amen. They volunteered for the army. Why? Not because they paid good. Because they loved their country. Amen? Amen? And they believed in a free country where you could serve God. People say, well, no, they just believed in a free country. You know, the majority of them believed in a free country where you could serve God. Amen? And because of that, they fought and endured until they won. Because that's the way battles are won. They're won through endurance. Right? But they started with a heart that could win. And a heart that could win is one that plans to endure no matter what. If your faith has an end, you'll find it. You'll find it real quick. 
If your faith has an end, if you begin your faith journey and your heart has a place where it will quit, you'll find that quitting place really soon. The devil will make sure you do. Because he knows that if you patiently endure, you will receive the promise. So what he's got to do is get you not to patiently endure. What he's got to get you to do is look how big the hill is you're getting ready to jog up. And think about how tired you're going to be at the top of it even before you jog it. He's trying to, get, he's trying to tell you you can't endure and God's telling you you can God's telling you, you have endurance in you. I've put it there. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. How many know, if you're in faith, let's, let's look at it this way. Faith works by not being rude. Faith works by not self-seeking. Faith works by not being easily angered. Faith works by keeping no record of wrongs. This is how faith works. If you're in faith right now and you see any of the... If you got offended last week because your brother in church didn't speak to you at the right time when you thought he should, and you still remember it, think about where your faith is. Because your faith is working by your love. Amen? Go to verse 6. Faith works by not delighting in evil, but faith works by rejoicing with the truth. Seven, faith always protects, faith always trusts. Uh, tell you what, show me this in the King James. Faith, all, faith works by bearing all things. Faith works by believing all things. Faith works by hoping all things. Faith works by enduring all things. I guess hardness must be an all thing. Because it says if you're a good soldier, you endure hardness. If you're a good soldier, good soldiers must walk in love. You're not going to endure hardness if you're not walking in love. Amen? Faith, Working faith endures all things. It doesn't quit when somebody tries to offend it. Our temptation to fail does not mean we have to fail. Right? Offense is first a temptation. <laughs> right? Yes. Think about Joshua. I won't go to the Scriptures, but they're in here. Joshua, the first time you really hear any mention of his name, he's been Moses' servant for all, for, since he was a little boy, and the first time you hear mention of his name, he's getting corrected. Yeah, the first time you, one of the first times you hear mention of his name is uh, where, where, he, where these people were prophesying, these two men are prophesying outside the tent. And uh, Joshua, the, the boy runs to Moses, and Joshua's sitting there. He says, these two men are prophesying. Joshua says, Moses, stop them. They should not be doing that. And Moses looks at him and says, are you jealous? Because they're doing something I, you think only I can do? Joshua had been serving him since he was a boy. And he turns around and bees this mean to him? Bees this mean to him? That's, that's the kind of English you're going to get today. Get used to it. That's a temptation to get offended right there. He, it would have been so easy for him just to say, 
you know what? I've been serving you all these years. You could have said that a lot nicer. You didn't have to say it in front of that boy sitting right there. You could have pulled me off to the side. There's a lot of different ways you could have done that, Moses. And I'm a little bit upset, and I think I have the right to be upset. Yeah, that's, it's a temptation to be offended. You're going to get 2,000 of those every day of your life. And you're going to see some of them coming, and some of them are going to blindside us. But the Lord says if we'll have His love in our heart first place, then you'll go through these things and you'll endure them. And enduring them means not only will you go through them, you'll overcome them at the end. Endurance says not only did I go through it, I overcame it because I planned on overcoming it before I started. Right? I started this race to win. I did not start to lose. Love endures all things. Amen? You didn't get what you want. You, you, they didn't recognize your gift in the church. They didn't give you the promotion at work. They, this didn't happen. That didn't happen. These are all an opportunity to get offended. And, you, and, and we justify them by saying, well, I have the right. Forego your rights. Because getting your right to be offended is taking away promises of God from your life. We don't have the right to be mad at anybody for any time at all. You know how long God's, God's anger lasts? It says it endures for but a moment. That's how long you get. That's how long I get. When I'm in traffic, I can't start yelling at him anymore. I was with Mr. Parker last night and I said, you know, normally, normally Sky, I'd be yelling at these people because they're in the wrong lane driving slow. Not that everybody in the world should know that in the fast lane you drive fast. I'm way too good at that, aren't I? I said, but I'm not. Because God's changing me, and He is. He's the, you know, people say, oh, that's not really a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. You know what the Bible says? It says, don't grumble against one another. Does that mean that if they can hear you? No, it means period. That means Dave doesn't get to grumble as much as he wants to. Right? You guys ever want to grumble? You just want to say, walk away and say, I don't know why they do it. I didn't do that that way. I didn't do that that You know what? I don't care if they heard you. God knew. And guess what? Love knew. Why? Because... All of a sudden, it had been pushed aside, and not, and it's no longer working, right? Yes. It couldn't, and for some reason, love, your love at this point could not endure their, their cutting you off. It couldn't endure them saying that about you. It couldn't endure them to not giving you the place you thought you had in church, amen? <laughs> you got people that don't get their healing because of offense. Think of, you know, I preached on this last week. Naaman. People call him Naaman, whatever. Naaman. In hillbilly land, it's Naaman. If he moved over here, guess what we'd have called him? Naaman. Right? We've still got, whole, we've still got a whole lake that we call Palm de Tar. 
You think the French would just faint when they heard us say that? <laughs> Naaman, though. Naaman, he's, he's in his house. He's a great man. He's a great warrior. He's not serving our God. And he's a great warrior. And the king loves him. But he's got leprosy. He's got leprosy. And his wife's servant knows God. And his wife's servant comes to her and says, there's a man of God in Israel. And he would heal my master. How did this start? She had to love him. She had to be thinking about her master, whom she's a slave to. Glory to God. This started with the love of a young servant girl, not to the master, to the master's wife. And she loved him enough. She went to his wife and said, There's a, he can be healed if he'll just go here. And man, Naaman gets that and he says, Oh yeah, healed. I like it. He said, I'm going to the king. King says, what? Healed? Yeah, let me write you a letter. Because man, he's, he's like one of their top official, or army guys. That, you know, he's, he's one of the big wigs in the army. And the king says, yes, we want you back. We want you back. And get, you go there and get, she writes him a letter and sends him, and yeah, come back whole. And so he goes there, and he goes, to the, he goes to the prophet's house, and he walks up, knocks on the door. Man, he's, here comes the prophet. Whoa, they sent the associate pastor? What? They sent Rob and Dan? I was expecting at least Mrs. Moore. Oh, my gosh. They sent the team leader? I'm in the hospital here. This is serious. We must have Brother Moore. No. You must have what God says. What's right for that day. What's right for that time. Who they sent. Because guess what? The prophet sent out that man. So guess what he was? That was the man of God. We are forgoing many of the benefits of God because we're looking at, at the person and not the Word, not the truth, not the love. This all started with love. It had a no-fail success ratio if it stayed in that love. The only way he could get rid of that love, the devil had to find a way to get him offended. If I can get him offended, I can keep him from having God's best. We're nowhere near my notes, but this is where we're going. <laughs> Glory to God. He almost did not endure. He unendured because the associate pastor stepped out the door. In fact, he did quit. Thank God for godly servants. Because again, the servant comes and says, Master, Master, you've come this far. He's like, hey, 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 I did come this far. Do you know who I am? I am Naaman. Naaman. I sit in the first row of the church and I don't miss. And when they call me to help, I'm there. I am the best servant they have. 
and they sent the associate? And he's not even here all the time. Sometimes he's in Branson. Sometimes he's in Florida. We don't know if he loves us or loves them. Guess what? He loves you all. And now they want me to go dip in this dirty, nasty river? We got nice, clean ones back where I'm from. Could he not just sent word and I could have done it in the clean river? How many people will lose what God's got for them over something that dumb? I'm sorry, was that a bad thing to say? Love would say that sometimes. Sometimes love will say, Whoa, brother, you know what? I love you, but if you don't start thinking different, you ain't going to get it. Amen? Hallelujah. Right? And, and the servant comes up to him and says, Master, why? He loves him. Obviously, Naaman was a pretty good guy because his, his, his help loved him. And this love was not just a love, it was a godly love. And it said, Master, you've come this far. Trust the prophet. And he talked him into doing it. And because he loved him, because his love endured, what if he'd have said, well, you don't deserve to get healed treating the man of God that way. You you should have leprosy the rest of your life, which will be short, by golly. Oh, he didn't say that. He loved him. That's what we should do for one another. When you see your brother about to quit, when you see him looking at that hill, say, hey, come on, I'll go with you. Because I'd like one of you to carry me because I don't like the hill. <laughs> but that's the time to grab their hand and say, let me help. Let me help you. I love you with the love of God. And the love of God is unfailing. And if me and you will go on and endure, you'll get. And guess who's going to get the most out of that? The guy that grabbed his hand. Because that opens up whole doors and windows to the grace of God to flood your life with everything He's been wanting to get to you in the first place. But you've been seeking the stuff so hard that you've, you've lost sight of His face. Because you're seeking His hand. Let me rephrase that. I lost sight of His face because I was seeking His hand. You guys never do that, okay? It doesn't say seek His hand. It says seek His face forevermore. What's that mean? It means you're going to have to endure to continue doing it. Anything that says forever is going to require endurance on your part. Amen? Amen. How many know that the Lord endures forever? It says He endures all things. Every mess up I've ever made, He's endured. It doesn't mean He sat there and went, Ooh, ooh, Dave, ooh. He went, I love Him. I'm still going to help Him. I'm getting Him through this somehow. He always believes. Why? It says it hopes all things. It believes all things. You know, so many people, they, they take these and they say, You know what? I'm going to let them do it again, but I don't think they can make it. That's not love. (laughs) If you're going to give somebody a chance, give them the best chance. The best chance they got is if you say, okay, 
We're going to do this again, and you're going to make it. You're, you're coming through this time. You're coming out this time. You're going to make it. Got Why? I'm not giving up on you. Love endures all things. Love believes all things. Right? Let's give, let's give each other a real chance. I don't care how many times I've messed up. God gives me another chance. Why? Because love does. God is love. Therefore, God gives you another chance. He is very patient. The kind of patience that He says for us to have. Cheerful, hopeful endurance. Not the kind of patience we have where we sit around or, when is this going to happen? I have been waiting, 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 waiting. I have been so patient. I have been extremely patient. I am a post- I'm the most person. I'm patient! <laughs> Would you leave me alone? I'm being patient. I'm very patient. No, you, you're, you're happy. Why? It's, it's an expectation that it's not that you might get it. You are going to get it. God will not withhold your healing from you. He will not withhold finances from you. He will not withhold His goodness. Anything He has, He's not withholding from you. He's holding it for you. Waiting for you to be able to have it. Obtain. How are we going to obtain? We're going to endure. What are we going to endure? You know, think about what Paul was talking about when, in 1 Timothy when he's talking about good soldiers. I have that verse in my notes, and since we're nowhere on my notes, we'll go to it. In, verse, in 2 Timothy 2, 3, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And in verse 10, he says, Therefore, I endure all things. Sounds like he's walking in love because love endures all things. So when, you, when something comes against us, we say, I endure all things. I can endure all things. I endure all things. When, you, when you're tempted to get offended, you say, no, I endure all things. When you're tempted to quit, you say, no, I endure all things. Not only did I start at the bottom of this hill, but because of endurance, I'm going to make it to the top. Amen? I endure all things. But why do you endure all things? You've got to have a motive. And what God says is, I've given you the motive in all things. Love. Love is your motive. Amen? What's He say? He said, I endure all things for the elect's sake. What's He saying? I'm going through this for you. He's not going through. His faith is not based in Paul. Look at Paul's life. If he did not walk in love, he would have quit. You don't get snake bit, beaten, put in jail for months and years at a time, and then come out and say, yes! Thank you, Lord, that I was beaten and put in an old sewer. But he did. And why did he do it? For their sake. For my sake. For your sake. Why? That's that's what love does. Everything it endures, it endures for someone else. Right? How many parents we got in here? How much would you endure for your children? Yeah. Yeah. Good parents are like good soldiers. They'll endure all things for their kids. Right? Well, God endures all things for us. Amen? Amen. And He never quits on us. 
He never gives up on us. Amen? Paul's saying here, he's saying, You're, the, the reason I make it, the reason I endure, and, and, what's, and what, after he says for the elect's sake, he say that, I, I, that they, he said, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain. What's he saying? I'm in faith for you to obtain. You want to obtain? Get in faith for someone else to obtain. That's what he's saying. He said that you would obtain the salvation which is in, G- in Christ Jesus and the eternal glory. What was Paul in faith? Why was Paul doing what Paul did and enduring it? And he truly was enduring it. He wasn't sad and down. He was hopeful, cheerful, enduring. He was singing in jail. He wasn't singing in jail out of obedience. He was singing in jail being led by the Spirit. Right? Paul's singing in jail and somebody gets saved. You think He's happy. Why? Because I sung and someone got saved. If I had to come to jail for that to happen, that's the only reason I'm here. I don't care. Glory to God. Man, we're saying, well, I can't go to that church. They sing different songs than I like. What if you were supposed to affect somebody's life in that church? You're not here for you. We don't go anywhere for ourselves. We believe that God's got us in the right place at the right time to be a help to someone. Right? When when people approach the throne boldly to receive grace and mercy... Well-timed grace and mercy. You may be that grace and mercy. What if you get offended? It won't work. God will get somebody else is what will happen. He's a good God. He's not going to make somebody else suffer because you you got offended. But he has a plan. You were part of it. I'm part of it. If I choose... If I choose because I went somewhere, I remember the first time the Lord sent me to the hospital. Man, I hadn't been with him two months. And, and somebody called in and said, oh, can you please send Brother Moore to the hospital? This person's hurting. We, we, need him. We, need, we need him to pray. We need him to pray. He gets on the phone and says, Dave, go to the hospital. They called and asked for Brother Moore. Dave's going to the hospital. Dave walks in the door, and the happy looks didn't come. There, there were no happy looks because I didn't look a thing like Brother Moore, and I still don't. Amen? What if I would have said, oh, is this how you're going to treat me? I get sent here over to pray for you, take my time out of my life, come over to the hospital... Pray for you, but you know I'm not Brother Moore. I guess I'm not good enough for you, huh? Well, you just lay there and be sick then, okay? <laughs> what if I'd have chose that path? Instead of sitting, you know what it was time to do? Sit down and let them know that I loved them. Not pray. It's not time to pray because they can't receive from me right now. It's time for me to let them know that Brother Moore sent me and that I love them. And because I love them, 
I'm going to stay here with them, and I'm just going to talk to you. I'm just going to see what's going on in your life. I'm going to find out how things have been going. How, how did we get to where we got? Because, you know, the saying is true. Nobody cares what you know till they know that you care. And so we sat down for a while, and by the end of the time, it took a couple hours. I think I was there a while that time. But then we prayed, you know, and I left. I believe they got better. In fact, as I know they did, they came back to church. Glory to God. God used the doctors and, and got, got them fixed, but, you know, it's been years ago. Amen? But what if we choose to get offended? What if we choose to take our side? You know, we have a side. Yeah. Well, you haven't heard my side. Right? I've heard theirs about you. So now I need to hear yours so you can both be wrong and somehow we'll put it together and make a ride out of it. We don't need a side. God didn't take a side. Jesus didn't take a side. If he would have, he wouldn't have died for me or you. Right? Love doesn't choose sides. Right? You know, I have people all the time when we're talking to people about their marriages and stuff, they'll say, well, I know he's already talked to you and, and, and probably already got you off my side. And I'm like, no, I'm on you, y'all's side. I said, guess what? God does hate divorce, but better yet, he loves marriage. He loves marriage. You know, people always go with the God hates divorce. Go with the opposite of it. He loves marriage. I'm, I'm always the one to look to. If he hates something, then he loves something else, right? So I'm going to find what he loves, and I'm going to look towards that. How are you going to fix something, looking at what he hates or looking at what he loves? You can look at God hates divorce, but see that he loves marriage. Amen? And also look at God's merciful and forgives everything. You know what? It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. Right? You got, we got people that got divorced that are still wondering if they can serve God. Yes, you can serve God. You can serve Him three and four times a day and 85 times a week. How many ever? Yes. Yeah, well, you can't preach if you've been divorced. Yes, you can. If He can use a donkey, He can use a divorced person. If He can use me, He can use anyone. Right? What do they say? He doesn't... He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Man, I'll get to use these notes in the next sermon now. It'll be great, too. (laughs) Glory to God. We want to endure. And we want to endure easily. Amen? Let's look at... uh, Yeah. Let's look at something. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9. Thank you, Lord. We want to look... You know, so many people pull these verses out and they say them and they don't look at what they're saying. I like to see what they're saying. I'm not saying they won't work if you pull them out. They will. The Word of God's powerful. But so many times if you'll see why they said it at the time they said it, you'll understand more about what they're saying. Because you'll get the heart. That's why, you know, that's why I don't really... I, I text all the time. But when I want somebody to know what I'm saying, I quit texting and I call. Or I go see them. Why? You can't put your heart in a text. Right? 
Amen. You know, Paul, Paul said, uh, Paul said later, he said, he said, I'm, well, in fact, it's right here. This is what we're going to read. That's what we're going to read. It's 1 Corinthians uh, 9, and starting verse 22, he said, and he's talking up, on up there, he said, to the Jews I became like a Jew. And then, but in verse 22, he said, to the weak I became weak, that I might gain the weak. What's he saying? He said, I stayed on their level. I never got above them. What, what did Jesus do? He came down to your level, to my level, and saved us. He didn't say, I'm Jesus, be ye saved. I don't even think Jesus taught King James. He came down to your level because that's where you lived. And He needed you to understand that God loved you. And you can't make somebody understand God loves you from here. You've got to get down with them. Amen? Yeah. And Paul said, to the weak I become weak. I become all things to all men. What's he saying? He said, I'll endure anything if it'll get you saved. I'll, I'll miss golf on Saturday morning. What? Sunday afternoon football, that's just wrong. What's he saying? He's saying, if I can get you, I'll be there. Amen? Glory to God. Could you have somebody better than that wanting you saved? Because they're going to do whatever it takes to get you into the kingdom of God. Amen? Paul said, I become, I become all things to all men that I, by, that I might by all means save some. This was his reason to preach. Right? This was his reason to go to jail. This was his re- if, you, if your reason is love, you can endure it. Because love, love endures all things. Your reason must first be love to have the qualities of love come through it. Right? So people say, well, I'm going to make it look like love so that I can get what I want. <laughs> that won't work because God knows your heart. It's time that we grab a hold of this love for real and begin to make it the operation of our life, to make it the reason we wake up in the morning. Not your job, not you need money, There's people in the world going to hell. There's people in the world hurting. There's people in the world sick. There's people in the world dying. There's people in the world that have no peace. There's people in the world that have no joy. I have all these things through Christ Jesus to offer. My reason for being awake and alive today is you. Right? That's our reason. Amen? And when your reason becomes that, then it's love. And now you can endure all things. It doesn't matter what happens outside of that because your foundation is love. So now you can endure all things, bear all things, trust. Right? You have patience. People say, I don't have patience. Well, then you're not walking in love. If you walk in love, it has patience. Right? In love, we'll find all we need to endure. Glory to God. He said, I become all things to all men that I might by all means win some. He said, I do this. Why? He said, and this I do for the gospel's sake 
that I might be a partaker thereof with you. And people read that and they say, well, he's doing it so he can be a partaker of the gospel. No, he's saying I'm doing it so I can be a partaker with you. He's saying I don't just want to be a partaker. I want to partake with you. See, people don't look at the love in the verse many times. You look at a text and you forget Paul loved him. He started out with love. Keep love in it. He's not doing it so he can partake. He's doing it so he can partake with you. Motive. Motive. There's an easy way to endure. Your motive just has to be right. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this so I can partake with you. Amen? I'm not not just getting in the Word and going to all the conferences. Man, I've been to every believer's convention since 1990. By golly, i got the Word of God in me. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Are you doing for the gospel's sake so you can be a partaker with others? Well, I got my church. We partake together. Get some more people. Right? Is there, is there a number that's too high to partake with? The, how many ever's in the world? That's, that's, you know what? We'll limit it out right there. How many is ever in the world? That's all we want. We're not going to be greedy. We just want them all. Amen? No greed there. We just want everyone to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's all we want. When we get that, we're satisfied. Glory to God. He says, He says, uh, for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. He said, I don't want to just partake. I want to partake with the weak. I want to partake with the Jewish people. I want to partake with everyone that doesn't know that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want them to know that Jesus Christ is Lord so that I can partake with them. Amen? And then he goes on. He says, he says don't you know? He says, no, know you not that they which run in a race all run. They, every one of them run. But he said, the ones that receive the prize, they run to win. He said, only one receives the prize, and that's what? The one that started out to win. What's he saying? He's saying, everything I said before, when I run a race, I'm doing it with all my heart, and I'm doing it with the love of God, and I'm doing it to win. I'm doing it, what did he say? He said, that I might win some. He said, I'm going to run my race that I might win some. Amen? And he said, he said I'm going to, he goes on, I mean, he's serious. You know, he's not like me jogging. He's serious, because I'm not serious. You know, I'll get down the road, and I'm like, I went probably two-tenths of a mile. I deserve a rest by now. Probably a donut and a Mountain Dew, too. Don't you guys do that? You exercise all day, and then you go home and eat ice cream? (laughs) Well, I exercised all day. I deserve an ice cream. That's just the way my mind thinks. I'm sorry. (laughs) And the fruit thereof is sweet. (laughs) <laughs> but one receives the price. And what, then what does he say? He says, run so that you may obtain the prize. What's he saying? Run to obtain. What, what's the prize? Winning some. He's still talking, and he's still talking about the same thing. Let's not get out of the chapter. He's talking about winning others to Christ. He's talking about getting people healed. He's talking about giving his, get, getting peace and joy in their lives. He's talking about getting the Word of God to change them. 
I mean, he wrote it to Timothy. He said the most important thing, what he said in 1 Timothy 2, is that people know Jesus and come to the knowledge of his truth. That's, 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 that's why he was praying for, for men everywhere and kings and all those in authority. That's why he was praying for the nation. Not so that the king and all them would have it great, but so that people could be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because he loved people. It's not a numbers game. It's a love game. We're not trying to see how many... And it's, oh, look, we got 250 people saved last year. That's not what it's about. We love those 250 people, and God loved them, and now they're saved. You don't need to know that it's 250. You just need to know that people got saved. Because that is the fruit of love. When people come to know Jesus, when people get healed, when people, when people that are down get picked up, that's the fruit of love, which means it's the fruit of God. What time is it? It's only 1048. Well, I got a lot longer to go. Oh, forgot. Flew across that magic line, didn't I? Run that you may obtain. In other words, run that you may win that prize. And then he says, and, and every man that strives for mastery. This is, this is King James, so you can't understand a word of it. But you know what? He is saying every man that strives for mastery. He's not saying somebody that just strives to finish. He's saying somebody that strives to be the best and win. When you're a master at what you do, people come to you to learn how to do it. Right? When you're a master, and that's what he's saying. He's saying if you strive for mastery, if you strive to master something, what is he saying? You want to master this love. You want to master this. And he said to master it, you've got to temper it. You've got to be temperate. You can't just let everything that would hinder you come around and tempt you and let you get you off course. See, we've been too easy. Let me rephrase that. I've been too easy to get off course. Y'all have done great. Thank you. Because I can watch you and it helps me. And you can listen to me talk about love and you say, Dave, you really need that. You just, every time you hear it, say, Dave, you keep going because you're going to get it one of these days. But you've got to be temperate. In other words, you've got to restrict yourself. In other words, I restrict myself from being offended. See, people are thinking temper. They're thinking restrict yourself, make yourself go to church. <laughs> That's not being temperate. <laughs> right? This is what we do. We read the Bible. We're Christians. We go to church. We're Christians. Temperate's doing it when you don't want to. Temperate's not doing something you do want to do. It's jogging and not eating the ice cream cone. I know, Dan. I'm sorry. I know I'm hitting you hard below the belt. Man, we go home after we work out and we cook chocolate chip cookies, by golly. We worked out hard today at chocolate chip cookies. Being temperate is restricting yourself to love and from anything that hinders it. You can't get too busy to help somebody. Right? Somebody calls you up. Oh, I know you're busy, brother. First thing you say is, no, not too busy for you. Think you're ever going to call God and say, God, I need help. Hey, hey, 
hey, I got people over here in Nigeria in this ear. Can you hold on? God, don't do that. There's some more good English for you. And he don't gonna. Amen. Right? God's a good God and he's got, we've got his ear. It says he pays attention to our prayers. God pays attention to you and me. The, the God that created the universe is listening for your voice. Glory to God. And I, he's, it says the eyes of the Lord are over. He's up here like this. And He's looking and He's listening. He's listening for you. He's listening for me. God. And He's paying attention. You want to get your kids' attention? Pay attention to them. You know what kids like? They like to know that when they're talking, you're hearing what they say. You know, my daughter, she, she talks. Man, she, whoo, she can talk. You know, whoa, hey, Dad, I went this and this and this. Oh, we did this. Whoa, blah, blah, blah. You know, she just came home like this. You know, like in an hour, I heard like two years. <laughs> and you know, when you're not listening to her, you can tell she'll, she'll just she'll stop and she'll get dissolution. Because why? I know you're here, sitting here, but you're looking right through me, Dad. Are you really interested in what i got to say? That's how people believe God is. And He's not that way. You never have to be disillusioned with God. When you're talking, he, even if you're saying stupid things, He's listening. He listened to Job for, for chapters and chapters and chapters. Job said, I don't deserve this. Why is this happening? I didn't do anything wrong. I've done this and I did this and I helped the old lady across the street and I, I, I gave to the orphans and man, I'm a good guy. And God finally, in His mercy, stops him and says, where were you when I framed the world? Amen. And he wasn't being mean. He was being merciful. He was telling Job what Job didn't know. How do I know that? Because Job said later, surely I've spoken of things too marvelous for me to understand. Right before God forgave him and doubled him. Right? God listens. He listens good. He's a good father. And then when you're done, he gives you a wise answer. And you can be tempted to do what He says, and you can be tempted to not do what He says. Restrict yourself to what God says. You know what? I think we should just do that. We should restrict ourselves to only do what God tells us to do. That's being temperate. Because God's never going to tell us to do something outside of love. He's never going to tell us to do anything that hurts us, and He's never going to tell us to do something that hurts others. Amen? So we can be temperate in all things, right? We can restrict our training. We can say, I'm going to train to win. And, and every time, what's it say in James? It says, it says count it all joy <laughs> when, when, when diverse temptations come at you. Why? Because they work patience, hopeful, cheerful endurance. What's, what's he saying? He's saying... If, you, if the temptation comes and you're overcoming it, you're just getting stronger and stronger 
and stronger and stronger. And he says, temptations are going to come. Right? And people say, why can't I just not be tempted? Because you're in the world. And you have flesh. Two problems in the world have flesh. Right? You know, there will be a day when we're not tempted. We won't be in the world. We won't have flesh. Right? (laughs) We'll get rid of those two things. Temptation gone. Amen? It says, every man strives for mastery and is temperate in all things. Now, Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. But we do it. What's he saying? We do it. He said, let's do it for the right reason. He said, change your motive. He said, do it for an incorruptible crown. Incorruptible crown. What's that? When that person's life is changed and he goes to heaven, that's incorruptible. That's eternal. It has eternal value on the earth. When you give somebody that had no joy the joy of the Lord and you change their life forever, that's eternal. What he's saying is let's have eternal things happening in other people's lives. When When the love of God goes in you and through you and begins to change people's lives, it's eternal. It's incorruptible. It can never be erased off the books. Even if they get sad again, what you did as an act of love is eternal. Amen? And that's what he's saying. He said, live your life in such a way that everything you do is to win and it be eternal. Live your life in that way. Amen? This is good. I I like this message. I'm going to have to get a tape. (laughs) Glory to God. He's helping us. He's helping us. Well, we've got an example of how to restrict ourselves, how to be who we, who we want to be, and it was Jesus. Hebrews 12.1, we'll close with 12, Hebrews 12 somehow. I'll find a way to wrap this up. God's, God knows. Amen? God's, one, one way that we restrict ourselves is we watch who we look at as our example. This, this verse starts out with, Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, you got people after people you can look back at and you can see how they made it, you can see how they overcame, you can see how they endured. Amen? They endured fires, they endured lions, they endured, they endured lots of things. But you know one thing that it says they endured? And I, I don't know if I can find the scripture, but in all that, um, in Hebrews somewhere, where it's talking about like Hebrews 11:39, it talks about they endured temptation. And it's in there with enduring swords. It says some of them were sawn in two. Some of them were tortured. And it says, and some of them were tempted. Wow. Who, who would choose to be the tempted one and not the sawn in two one? Okay, here's five of you guys. Who wants to be sawn in two? Who wants to be, go- who wants to be killed by the sword? And who wants to be tempted? Tempted! Tempted, go, I'm going with tempted today. If you could tempt me, that would be fine. But how many know that tempted is usually the one that gives in? The one that was sawn in two, he's in heaven. He's not tempted anymore. Right? The one that was killed with the sword, no more temptation. The one that was tempted truly endured. They all endured something. But they endured and stayed here. They endured temptations like Jesus. We'll give you this kingdom if you'll not confess God. You know? But they were probably also tempted to be mad at their brother. (laughs) Right? Tempted to be offended. Tempted 
Temptation's there for every day. We'll have a temptation. Isn't this good? I'm happy about it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, we got great examples from, from the beginning of the Bible when God, when God wrote in this book through the Holy Spirit. I mean, we can start with Moses and Abraham and David and Samuel, all these. We've got a cloud of witnesses that show God's goodness, that show His love. Even in the Old Testament, people say, I can't see the love of God in the Old Testament. Everybody made it. Everybody He said would made it, made it. Right? Except for the ones that kept saying we ain't going to make it. Right? People that restricted themselves to God's Word made it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. Yeah, read, read. we got to find out what the love of God is and then read the Old Testament. Then you'll be able to, we'll be able to understand it. It says, uh, where was I? Uh, there we are. Cloud of Witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight... What are the weight? What are the things that drag you? Those are the offenses. They're the bitterness. They're the, they're the little things. They're ants at the picnic. How many people have folded up the whole basket because of ant right over here? It's an ant. Step on it. Right? Right? We're, we're quitting because there's ants. And God's saying, don't fold up the picnic table. Step on the ant. Get rid of the weights. Get rid of the things that so easily entangle you. The sin. What? It's a temptation. Sin is just a temptation taken. Right? What's he saying? Get off the weights. Get off the temptations. The, the things that so easily beset us. What's beset? Set you back. They keep you from running your race. How many have ever put ankle weights on and run? Doesn't that stink? Whose idea was that? I can barely run with the weight I got. Let alone adding. Hey, Dave, that 250 is not enough. Grab 20 pounds and throw it on your ankles. Come on, guys. You're, you're easily besetting me right now. What's he saying? The things that easily beset you. Easily. So what's he saying? If it can easily be beset, you can easily go the other way. Amen? The things that so easily beset us and let us run our race with patience, hopeful, cheerful endurance. Glory to God. Not like I run. I run like this. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> that's, how, man, that's about how fast I'm going. <laughs> I mean, we got turtles passing me. And I can't breathe. I told somebody one time, I said, I'll start jogging when I, jog, when I go past somebody that's smiling while they jog. <laughs> the next day they came by jogging and smiled at me. So that's not real. <laughs> no, but I, then I did start jogging later. <laughs> With patience, cheerful, hopeful endurance. It's not... It's not just that you're going to finish, it's you're going to win. Finishing is not enough for endurance. Winning is enough for endurance. Right? Endurance assures that you finish and that you win. Godly endurance, the love kind of endurance. Every endurance that we've looked at today, I pulled from love. I didn't pull any other. When I, when I looked it up in the Greek, I looked it up 
as, as the same endu- where, where it says love endures all things. I, I, I took that number and I looked up every scripture that had that number in it. So every time I've talked about endurance, except for Paul endured hardness as a soldier, but it's still the same root. But the root of all those was love. Amen? Because endurance is a quality of love, which means it is unfailing. Endurance doesn't fail when it's a quality of love. When we set out to run our race, the things that so easily beset us, the things that so easily kept us back, if we're running our race in love, if we're running it in this patience, this, this, this patience, godly patience, hopeful, cheerful endurance, then we're sure not only to finish our race, but we're sure to win. In other words, every step along the way, you've affected the lives that God puts you there to affect. You've done the things, you've loved the people, you've done what God asked you to do, and you've come out of it on the other side, not only a winner. Then you say what Paul said at the end. He said, I fought the good fight of faith. What? What's the good fight of faith? The good fight of faith would be faith working. Faith works by love. It wasn't a good fight unless it worked. And he said, I fought the good fight of faith. In other words, my faith worked because I used love to do it. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You guys feel like running now? I don't. I feel like running my race for God, though. You know what? Every time I get just a little bit down, God will tempt you to win. And you, you, you mark my words, when you get just a little bit down in your spirit, you'll get a phone call from somebody that needs you. Not that you need, that needs you. Restrict yourself to that opportunity and begin to love them. And if you'll begin to love them, it'll bring you up. Because the love of God's working in you. That's God giving you an opportunity to succeed. Every time you, every time you get an opportunity to help somebody, that's, that's like this Friday night. This is an opportunity to succeed for this church. If we get together and love one another, and one person sees it, and it changes their life forever, then it was a victory. Amen? And we got to eat hamburgers and brats. And chocolate chip cookies. Glory to God. Don't we serve a wonderful, marvelous God? Thank you, Lord. Just thank Him. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.